Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Whew, this job can be can be frustrating, but it all can also be very rewarding. And I just love the interaction that I have with parents and uh, other activists like myself. I just wanted to let you know that we have launched our pre store. So this has been taking a little time uh, to ramp up. Uh, it was not as difficult as I was expecting. So, so we have our store and we have one item in the store and that's a t-shirt. And the t-shirt is so cool. It's red. The reason it's red is because that's the color of our organization. So, you know, don't fret too much, guys, of some other groups that you're not too excited about have red. We can have red too. There's no corner on the marketplace for a color. Next, on the front, it says, my child is not your guinea pig. And that guinea pig is in a cage. This version of the meme, in this version, the guinea pig is wearing a mask. So my child is not your guinea pig covers a lot of territory when it comes to the issues. But this particular t-shirt is directed to the medical mandates that uh, are being uh, foisted upon us by our government in K through 12 public schools and actually higher ed as well. Pertains to teachers too. And uh, so we'll be coming out with some other versions of this. Feel free to contact us and let us know what you'd like to see. Uh, now that we have the store and the capabilities uh, for fulfillment through this great company that we're working with, we will be able to produce them pretty quickly and put them in the store and make them available to you. We've had requests for t-shirts for quite a while and we just love this design. It's perfect for wearing to your school board meetings and rallies. Uh, you're going to love them. So there's there's the t-shirt. Go to parentsrightsined.org. All righty. We're going to move on to another topic. And it's uh, basically a continuation of our previous podcast pertaining to the mask mandate. In that podcast, we, we also discussed um, a change in Oregon law because this is a national organization now, we don't want to focus entirely on Oregon. Although I want to remind you guys, no matter where you live, Oregon is the poster child, if you may, for the far left progressive movement. 
And I've been working with a fellow who's doing a lot of uh, investigation into state law. Uh, in the state of Oregon, and the same laws uh, exist in other states. And a lot of these laws have been completely ignored by the legislatures uh, in the last couple of years, including that law that was just passed in Oregon, not requiring the high standards that we should be for graduation, you know, things like reading, writing, and math. So, for example, let's take a look at ORS 329.015, Educational Goals. Now, this comes from the Oregon Educational Act for the 21st Century, which was considered uh, at that time, as I recall, you know, pretty radical. Uh, there was a lot of controversy about it. But as I read through the, uh, the actual statute, um, there are some very impressive things here that we are not following in the state of Oregon. And I know that this, this same law was passed in many other states because I was around at the time and paying attention. So these educational goals, um, if you look at, uh, for example, uh, goal number two, the Legislative Assembly believes that the goals of kindergarten through grade 12 education are A, to equip students with the academic and career skills and information necessary to pursue the future of their choice through a program of, get this guys, rigorous, I said rigorous, academic preparation and career readiness. Now, that's a very strong statement that we have in our law, and I think it's great. Isn't that what we want? Isn't, don't we want our children to be challenged in public schools? It also goes on to say that to provide an environment that motivates students to pursue serious scholarship. Woo! And to have experience in applying knowledge and skills and demonstrating achievement. In addition to provide students with the skills necessary to pursue learning throughout their lives in an ever-changing world. I like all of that, all of the above. The National Education Association advocates against these academic and career skills. And you may remember I reported on a statement from the Teachers Union president in 1976 advocated K through 12 education primarily in the elementary grades would only focus on academic basic academic skills one quarter of the school day their goal was to achieve that by the year 2000 I did a four-part series on the National Education Association and I'd like to redirect you to that if you want more information it is very eye-opening In another Oregon statute, ORS 329.025, again, also within the Oregon Educational Act for the 21st century, they address characteristics of a school system, provides equal and open access and educational opportunities for all students in the state, regardless of their linguistic background, culture, race, gender capability, or geographic location. Number two, assumes that all students can learn and establishes high 
specific skill and knowledge expectations and recognizes individual differences at all instructional levels. I want to remind you of a statement from the Tiger Tualatin superintendent shortly after the George Floyd incident in the spring of last year. She stated that we must not forget the main mission, and that mission is equal outcomes for all. As you, I'm sure, are aware, that statement is Marxist ideology. Equal outcomes for all? It is not supported by the 21st Century Educational Act. Not even close. Item 8 states, provides for rigorous academic content standards and instruction in mathematics, science, English, history, geography, economics, civics, physical education, health, the arts, and world languages. Provides students with an educational background to the end that they will function successfully in a constitutional republic a participatory democracy, and a multicultural nation and world. So many nuggets in this law. Item 15 states, emphasizes involvement of parents and the community in the total education of students. They are recognizing parents. So then, why is it that school boards refuse to acknowledge the right of parents to be involved in establishing policy and working together with their local school board members to do so. As you know, we declare November to be Parents' Rights in Education Month, and we have a proclamation that you can present to your school board, challenging them, asking them to please recognize the importance of parental involvement in policy making. You can find that on uh, our website. On the homepage, there is an icon that says Parents' Rights in Education Month. Let's move on to another ORS statute. This is ORS 336.067. Topics given special emphasis in instruction. In public schools, special emphasis shall be given to instruction in A. Honesty, morality, courtesy, obedience to law, respect for the national flag, the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution of the State of Oregon. Respect for parents and the home, the dignity and necessity of honest labor, and other lessons that tend to promote and develop an upright and desirable citizenry. It's hard to believe that this statute is supposedly driving the goals of our public school system, especially now since they are promoting Black Lives Matter and critical race theory. Item B, respect for all humans, regardless of race, 
color, creed, national origin, religion, age, sex, or disability. Item C, acknowledgement of the dignity and worth of individuals and groups and their participative roles in society. Now, I believe that critical race theory and Black Lives Matter at school violate this law in particular. Black Lives Matter at school promotes segregation. It actually promotes globalism. And it does not focus on the individual and their rights, but the collective It does not recognize the Constitution of the United States uh, as, as being even a viable government model. There is no respect for the necessity of honest labor. There is no respect for our economic system, which is capitalism, and, has, and capitalism has afforded more opportunity for more individuals ever in the history of the world. Critical race theory attacks capitalism. They state that it is that it is evil, it's bad. It's actually oppressive. How dare they teach that to our students? And by the way, it's in direct uh, violation of state law requiring a respect for our United States Constitution. Black Lives Matter at school promotes some races over others. And you know, same way with critical race theory. They both uh, discriminate against whites and they teach students uh, of color to consider their white friends as oppressors. Oregon Revised Statute 336.082, Development of Non-Discriminatory Curriculum, states, The State Board of Education shall stimulate the development of non-discriminatory courses of study or parts of courses to improve instructional effectiveness or efficiency in public elementary and secondary schools in Oregon. Black Lives Matter at school and critical race theory both violate this Oregon Revised Statute. Here's another one. Oregon Revised Statute 336.057, Courses in Constitution and History of the United States. In all public schools, courses of instruction shall be given in the Constitution of the United States and in the history of the United States. These courses shall, number one, begin not later than the opening of the eighth grade and shall continue in grades nine through 12. Get that? Every year beginning in the eighth grade through the 12th grade. Number two be required in all public universities listed in ORS 352.002, 
public universities and in all state and local institutions that provide education for patients or adults in custody to and extent to be determined by the superintendent of public instruction. Bottom line, the teaching of the Constitution of the United States is required in all of our public schools, grades 8 through 12. The last ORS statute I want to point out to you today explains everything. This one explains everything. It's ORS 326.300. Governor as Superintendent of Public Instruction. As provided in Section 1, Article 8 of the Oregon Constitution, the Governor is the Superintendent of Public Instruction. Item 2. A. The Governor, acting as Superintendent of Public Instruction, shall appoint a Deputy Superintendent of Public Instruction. The Deputy Superintendent must have at least five years of experience in the administration of an elementary school or a secondary school. The appointment of the Deputy Superintendent shall be subject to confirmation by the Senate. Item B. The Deputy Superintendent shall perform any act or duty of the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction that is, it, that is designated by the Governor. And the governor is responsible for any acts of the deputy superintendent. Hmm, that's very interesting. So Kate Brown, Governor Kate Brown, is responsible for everything that g- takes place in our K-12 through schools. The deputy superintendent may be removed from office by the governor following consultation with the State Board of Education. I knew a lot about these statutes, but they haven't been adhered to. So we we have to go back to the law, you guys, and force the enforcement of these laws. Demand from our school boards. And by the way, if you are a school board member, you can use these statutes to support policies. Use it, guys. Use it. Until next time, this is Parents' Rights Now. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you join us. Please fill out the form on our website called Join Us. Oh, and one last thing. Would you be willing to support us financially? We are 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. And that means that you can take a tax deduction for any amount you give. I encourage you to join the 12 by 12 club. That's $12 a month for 12 months. If you do that, you will receive a complimentary parent guide as long as supplies last. Go to our website, parentsrightsined.org and click on the donate button. Thanks so much for joining us and helping us do what we do here. This is Suzanne Gallagher and this... Parents' Rights, now.